Happy Monday. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm Rose Jeff Garcia of News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio.com. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need. Go to rockauto.com. So what are we going to be doing today on this fine Monday, the beginning of the work week? Well, the Spurs. I mean, everybody should be having a smile on their face right now. Your San Antonio Spurs have restarted their season going 2-0 at the NBA bubble in Orlando. You heard that right. When many thought that the Spurs team were pretty much going to just lay down and just let the young kids run, which they have been, but it's a step beyond that, and they're winning. They got a win over the Sacramento Kings to restart their regular season, and yesterday they got a win over the Memphis Grizzlies, a crucial win too, considering that the Grizzlies are the holders of the A seed. And by the way, Spurs got a little help from the Boston Celtics. The Blazers uh, lost to them. So what does that mean for your Spurs? They're number nine in the West. Wow, shocking how things have turned dramatically. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be looking back at the last two games, why the Spurs got the win. Uh, were anything standing out? Uh, what about the young guys? What about DeMar DeRozan? You worried that Patty Mills only saw a little bit of action yesterday in the win? We'll be discussing that and a lot more, including to looking ahead at tonight's matchup versus the 76ers. To do that, I'm joined by Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. Joe, first of all, thank you for jumping on Locked On Spurs once again. But, I mean, my God, can you believe it? They're 2-0. and uh, It's kind of surprising, but I like it. You know, it's a good surprise, you know, because you're, you like the inflection of both the youth mixed with the veterans and yeah. it looks like that, you know, that that experiment is starting to pay off. You know, the team has been exciting to watch. And, you know, they've been playing basket, really good basketball on both ends of the court. So, hey, if we keep on winning like this, I'm all for it, Jeff. Yeah, you look what the Spurs did. Uh, we'll go backwards. Yesterday, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies 108-106. It was a, a hard-fought win. Uh, the Spurs had a little bit of a scare. Uh, but the Spurs were able to pull out the win, and we'll talk about that and more. And to restart their season, as mentioned, they got a win over Sacramento, 129-120. to 120. Joe, let's start off with that win versus Sacramento. You know, Sacramento is a team that many thought that the Spurs should get the win, and they did. You're looking at Sacramento that, you know, usually the Spurs have their number that continued the uh, – the Spurs definitely had a big offensive night from Derek White and DeMar DeRozan, who led the team with 27 points. Joe, looking at that Sacramento win, what did you like? I just like the energy and not only the energy, but the communication. You know, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of communication out there on the court. You know, that's something I think that goes unnoticed, you know, in this uh, current winning streak that the Spurs are on. Even going back to the scrimmage games, you've seen the team come together and before you know the hiatus the team wasn't really effective communi- at, at communicating out there they weren't telling guys hey watch out here comes a switch here comes a a pick you know uh here comes a mismatch you know they're trying to get somebody uh to roll you know to the left or to the right i mean 
you're seeing a lot of this communication going out there on the court. And I think that's translating well because the team now is effectively communicating. So now they're playing better on both ends of the basketball, as they had stated, not just from a defensive standpoint, but also from an offensive standpoint. And I got to say, you know, the team is exciting to watch, you know, with the mixture of both the vets and the young Mm -hmm. bucks, Jeff. Um, One of the main things that I've seen uh, come out of this unit is the willingness to play defense. You know, yes, the teams are scoring, you know, in the high hundreds sometimes, uh, but it, it, it doesn't matter. What you're seeing out there on the court is the effort. The defensive effort is there, and, and that's what I like. They're not just being lackadaisical like they were in the beginning of the season. So you like a lot of the things that you're seeing out there. Yeah, you really do. And again, in that win, was set out for me, uh, obviously, uh, Derek White, I mean, he just continuing the tear that he's been on since scrimmage play. He finishes that game with 26 points. He had uh, eight rebounds in 33 minutes. He went eight for 15 from the field. He had four, four three-point makes. That's good, Joe. You're looking at the scoring output, which is good. Defensively, he was solid. But if there was one area of his game that he needs to work on moving forward in his career was that outside shot. And at least so far in the first two games, especially against Sacramento, he's making them eight out of 15, four out of nine from the three-point range. Joe, your thoughts? No, I like the fact that Derek White is knocking down shots. Not only just is he knocking down shots, but you like the increase of minutes that he's getting out there on the court. He played 33 minutes in this game against the Grizzlies. uh, And you like that because he scored 16 points in those 33 minutes. And not only that, but he's an effective uh, passer. He's good at playing defense. We've seen that, you know, with the with the five uh, offensive uh, calls that he got, uh, the charges that he got, and the chip tooth. <laughs> so you like you like his willingness to you know just go and give up his body uh, to get that offensive call. And you know we saw that again against the, Me- the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I, I, effectively, I saw him do that in transition defense, which is something you really like to see because I think when Derek is playing at such a high level. Uh, you know, he's bringing that energy. It's infectious. And his teammates see that he's playing so hard that they want to match that level of intensity. So I think he does a lot of the intangibles that go unnoticed, but he's quite effective at what he's able to do, not only running the point, but out there scoring. He uh, seems to have have gotten a little bit more confident in his shot. I think that's why you're seeing uh, the increase in the points. Uh, and not only that, but it seems like he's gotten smarter as well. He's coming off of those picks really nice, getting some separation there. So I just like a lot of things that I'm seeing out of him. I think it's just a testament to, you know, the the Spurs development. And not only that, but you're just seeing this player uh, grow right before your eyes. And, you know, pretty soon, like in another season or so, he's going to start really coming into his prime. So that's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, you, you know, heading into the uh, regular season restart, Somebody asked me, like, well, who do you think is going to be the shiny star among the young guys? And, you know, the sexy pick would have been Kelton Johnson, which we'll talk about in a bit. Or in a bit. Also, Lonnie Walker. But I actually picked Derek White simply because, you know, his basketball IQ is just, you know, it gets, it's underappreciated. Too, he spent four years in college, and I think that really did well for his rapid development in the NBA. And defensively, Joe, we've seen that from the beginning of his career, whether it had been in Austin or in San Antonio. Again, looking at the Sacramento game, eight rebounds. He had uh, what a block shot. He had a steal. You mentioned the charges, uh, the chipped tooth for proof of that uh, guttiness uh, to take those charges. And after the game, you know, Popovich even commented on 
Derek White's ability to just defend. And he will went on to say, Joe, that, quote, he's one of our top defenders, maybe even the top defender. Joe, he contests threes. He takes charges. He's developing into maybe, and I kind of agree with Pop right now, the best perimeter defender the Spurs have. Yeah, he is. You know, he's developing uh, really well into one of the better defenders that the, the Spurs have. And you like to see that because, I mean, we had been lacking that ever since we lost, you know, number two in Kawhi Leonard. And we also lost a lot of our, our perimeter defense in losing, you know, uh, Danny Green. So it's, we've seen yeah. what he's been able to do over there with the Lakers, and they're having the same issues we had with him over here. So I don't wish no ill will on him, but, <laughs> you know, it, we got we got got rid of him in that trade for a reason. But needless to say, getting back on track here. You like a lot of the things that you're seeing, not just only out of Derek White, but the young unit out there as a whole. You know, it looks like they're all playing uh, particularly better defense in the last couple of games. And I attribute that to the intensity that Derek White's bringing out there on the court. And not only that, but his effective communication as well. You know, going in there and really uh, communicating with the players that are out there on the court. Uh, he's sharing that knowledge with the the younger core of, of Spurs players that are out there. So they're just going to get better. As Derek White gets better, it's going to be infectious. It's going to be like like a virus almost spreading to everybody. You know, everybody's going to get better. The good virus, not the not the COVID virus. No, no, know. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I know we're focusing on the Kings um, game right now, the Spurs getting the W, Joe. But if you look overall at the last two games, the Spurs are 2-0 and at the bubble. Uh, one thing that stands out to me is that they're playing with a lot faster uh, pace. They're really getting up and down the court. They're pushing the tempo. They're getting out in transition. And I think they needed to do that, Joe, considering that they got a bunch of young guys on the squad, and that's what they're going to want to do. Run, get out on the court, go downhill, and get some buckets. Joe, your thoughts? No, I agree with you. The pace has been a lot better. The tempo has been upbeat. And watching the Spurs broadcast the other day, um, I remember specifically them saying something to the effect of look at how the Spurs have been able to increase their pace. And by increasing their pace, they said they also increased their point production from a little bit below 100. I think it was sitting at maybe 100.7 to where now it's at 107 points. So that seven point swing, just because of the way that they've been able to pick up their tempo, it's a testament to show you that this young core likes to get out and run, run the floor. And, and not only that, but they've been having some exciting plays, you know, some alley-oops, some some slam dunks, uh, yeah. you know. So you like that out there on the court because once you picked up the pace and you have that young core again mixed with the vets, uh, you can depend on the younger players to get out there and run. And the vets are the ones that are just lobbying the balls to some of these younger athletic players for the Spurs. And you like that. That's exactly how you're going to have to play in, in, this, in the NBA restart to match up against some of these younger, longer athletic teams uh, that could give the Spurs some trouble. They're relying on the young guys. I mean, for all intents and purposes, this has been their show. Now, you've seen the veterans play yesterday. Patty Mills got his first taste of uh, some NBA action from the hiatus, uh, you know, scoring double figures against the Grizzlies. So good to see him back. And Joe, look, we're going to continue talking about the young guys because, you know, that's the whole theme of the bubble. You know, Pop saying that we're going to go with these young guys and develop them. But we got to give some due to the vets. You know, I mentioned Patty Mills coming back. 
you know, scoring double figures versus uh, the Grizzlies, giving up his time, uh, minutes uh, to let these guys develop. But what do you guys say about the play of DeMar DeRozan? He's been the Spurs closer. He really has in the last two games, Joe. Again, against Sacramento, he finishes, what, 27 points and was crucial in that second half. I think that's where he scored the bulk, scored the bulk of his uh, points was in that second half versus Sacramento. And then you look at what he did in the game versus Memphis, which was a win for San Antonio. He ends up the game with uh, 14 points and, again, hits clutch free throws down the stretch. Joe, you mix DeMar DeRozan and with some solid play from Rudy Gay of late. You know, the Spurs, you know, vets, you got to tip their cap to them. Yeah, you really do. You know, one of the things that Spurs fans were, I get nitpicking, I guess you could say, about DeMar DeRozan was his inability at times to come up big in clutch situations, you know, and they're like, well, he gets in these ISO situations with seconds left on the clock and he misses, you know, or we saw against the Memphis Grizzlies, he missed two free throws that were critical that could have put the Spurs up, you know, by two uh, with, you know, seconds to spare. And, you know, that way it would give him a little bit of a cushion against the Grizzlies. But he redeemed himself and he hit a really hard, a really tough shot uh, that really solidified the win for the Spurs. So you got to like a lot of things that you see out of DeMar DeRozan. And I think at times that the uh, nitpickiness of some of the Spurs fans out there uh, being so critical of DeMar is is really unfair because a lot of these situations that he's put in, it's it's not really his fault. This is what Coach Pop is calling for him out there on the court as far as a particular play to run. And I never felt that he was quite effective in those types of situations. I like to see the ball come to maybe a Derek White or like Pop, Coach Pop was trying to do in the, the final seconds of the Memphis Grizzlies game, try to inball the ball to Rudy Gay because Rudy Gay was one of the better free throw shooters out there on the court. So all that pressure doesn't have to be on DeMar all the time. But he does come up big and in these crunch time minutes in the fourth quarter. And I think Spurs fans need to stop nitpicking at him so much and just appreciate what he's able to do out there. He hit a really tough fadeaway jumper on uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and I thought that was a beautiful play because you just saw uh, him just be smart, use his athleticism, his quickness, uh, and he just pulled up in a fadeaway jumper at that against a bigger defender. And it was it was a nice shot. I got to say, that was like one of the wow moments of the Grizzlies game to me. I was like, well, we're getting some vintage uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan. I'd like to see more of that, you know? And I'm glad you're uh, sticking with DeMar DeRozan here because we know he can put um, points on the board. We all know that. But in that game versus Sacramento, Joe, what get, gets lost in his performance is how good of a facilitator he was. Look, he's been one of the better facilitators for the Spurs since he's came to San Antonio to trade with Toronto. But in the game versus the Kings, he ended up with 10 assists. As a matter of fact, Joe, according to Cleaning the Glass, he had the highest assist percentage, and that's a measurement of unit for those who don't understand, of how many times did his assists lead to points for uh, his teammates. 33% of the time, anytime he passed the ball to a guy in the Kings, they scored, and that was the highest, and he recorded uh, 10 assists. Joe, his facilitating ability, I think, gets lost a lot because he's such a prolific scorer. Yeah, it does. But, you know, one of the things that I think Spurs fans need to, like you stated, really focus on is his unselfishness. You know, if you look at any given night, you know, he has double digits and 
as far as his points go, but he also likes to distribute the ball. And I saw at times, too, where Coach Pop was just letting DeMar DeRozan, you know, kind of like run the point. You know, he just dribbled the ball up the court. And finally, you know, he was able to get the ball to to Derek White or, or DeJounte. But he's quite effective at times at running the point as well and being able to create those ISO situations as he sucks the defense in when he's driving to the rim and he just dishes it dishes it out uh to the to the perimeter you know maybe uh he finds patty for a corner three or Derek or dejounte or even lonnie open and and they're able to knock down and sink down either a three or a perimeter jumper uh and some of the the passes that he can do uh specifically when he's inside the paint being able to find the open man and get the ball to his teammates so they can get an easy floater or or an easy layup uh, I think that goes un- unseen by a lot of Spurs uh, fans out there. You know, speaking of the young guys, you know, we mentioned a couple of them: uh, Derek, uh, Dejounte, Keldon Johnson. Uh, you, you know, but looking at that starting unit, Joe, they've been going with Demar and Derek and Dejounte and Jakob. But the the bulk of it is again the young guys. And that starting unit, Joe, is a, is a unit that all Spurs fans were clamoring for, and they're finally getting it, and they're seeing that it works. You know, the Murray-White tandem works on both ends of the court. And Derek White had to have a few things to say about that, where he says, quote, it's been fun. We all like each other. We all get along off the court, and that makes it good when we play well together on the court. We want the best for each other, and we keep pushing each other, to be as good as we can be, end quote. That was Derek White. Joe, how big is that? Oh, that is big. It's it's, it's huge. You know, you, he says a lot of the good things that you want to hear. You know, like a stereo, stereotypical Spurs player always talks like after games, you know, when he's talking with members of the media. It's not so much the focus is on me and what I'm doing, but also, you know, hey, I, I wouldn't be able to do this without the support of my teammates, you know. And I like how everybody doesn't have the I in them. You know, It's there's no I in team. It's always about, hey, I got these points because of my teammates. They kept feeding me the ball. You know, they knew I had the hot hand. They just kept going to me. And that says a lot. It shows that there's that trust, you know, amongst the, the teammates. So I like seeing that. I think when you hear what they have to say after the game, especially, you know, like DeJounte and Derek, you know, DeMar DeRozan as well, uh, all those things just reassure Spurs fans that, we, we made the right choices in drafting and, and developing these players, you know, that these are going to be the next pieces, uh, hopefully, to another Spurs dynasty. Uh, Joe, just a couple more points about the last two games before we move on to uh, our preview of tonight's game versus Philadelphia. You know, I'm going to just say a name. You tell me what you've been thinking about him in the last two games. Keldon Johnson. What are your takeaways about him? Keldon Johnson is a dog, man. He likes to get in there and he likes to be scrappy and fight. He kind of reminds me of... Uh, the old days, you know, like a Mario Ellie type of player, Malik Rose, you know, uh, Bruce Bowen, somebody who likes to get up in people's faces and does, is not going to back down. They're going to just go and play really smart, hard-nosed defense. And not only that, but one of the other things that I've seen with Keldon that's you, you just got to appreciate is his aggressiveness. Anytime the ball is in his hand, he's attacking. He had, puts his head down, he's going to the rim, and he doesn't care if there's two defenders, there's three defenders. He's just being aggressive, going to the rim, and most of the time, he's going to win that battle, and he's going to go to the stripe, and he's going to go and get an easy, you know, two shots. Uh, another thing that I've seen out of him is his ability to shoot the three, uh, and his, you know, not only shoot the three, but 
his basketball IQ is very high as well. He just seems to have a knack for knowing exactly what to do in certain situations. You know, if he has like two defenders coming in on him, he just seems to know to make the instinctive right pass to the right person out there on the court, which is pretty amazing to see because I think that I think what's going on with Keldon is he's a right, I guess, a little bit further along the curve than most fans had anticipated. And that's a good thing because you're going to see this young man get better and better. And I think he's growing right before our eyes right now, Jeff. I dare say that, you know, whatever happens this season, I think he's really making a name for himself out on the court. He could be really trying to break into that rotation, you know, next season. Joe, when when you look at Keldon Johnson, obviously the things that stand out are the energy, you know, how infectious it is, you know, that hustle. You look at what he did in that one play versus the Grizzlies where he's chasing the ball out of bounds. He saves it, throws it back on onto the court, and Derek White catches it. He hustles back on the offensive end. You know, he positions himself um, near the paint. He sees the ball go up, and he gets into the trees with the big guys of Memphis, and he's fighting for that rebound, gets up, gets a rebound, misses it, goes back up, makes it, and then he just has that primal scream. Joe, in that game, you know, he may not have scored – 20 points and grab, you know, a bazillion rebounds or anything. But little things like that is what I like out of the kid. You know, that all-out hustle. And and speaking of hustle, you know, Coach Hardy, he had to say this during scrimmage play that he's thankful that he that, – that energy that Johnson has is there because he prefers that versus having to give a player motivation to have that energy. Joe, he, he's, he's special. He, I think at the end of these eight games – plus scrimmage play, we're going to be really drooling to what, what's next for Johnson in his sophomore season. Joe, your thoughts? No, I really do. Like I was saying, I think he's just ahead of the curve as far as his development goes. But I think it goes to show that, you know, it's a testament to him playing college ball in Kentucky. You know, most of the players that come out of Kentucky, uh, they're, re- they're ready to start contributing. You know, they've, they've just had this... Uh, you know, instilled upon them as far as, you know, what they need to do out there in the court and how ready the coaching staff gets these young young players, you know, before they even hit the NBA draft is, you know, just want to tip my hats off to the to the guys out there at Kentucky and, and all the great things they're doing out there with these young players. Uh, one of the things that you do like a lot about Keldon is that he looks like he's a very unselfish player out there. He is always trying to you know, get everybody else involved as well. So that's another great thing that you like out of this young man. Uh, and like I said, just the ability to make these correct decisions out there on the court, him just wanting to play defense and just play at a high level anytime he's out there. Those are things that you just can't teach players. They just either want to do that or they don't. And obviously, Keldon does. Keldon likes doing all the little things, all the dirty work uh, that mm-hmm. really doesn't get appreciated, but he just seems to have a knack for it and he loves it so i love watching this young man out there on the court he's one of my favorite players yeah look at rudy gay what he had to say uh following the win over sacramento and again he was not calling out his teammate lamarcus aldridge and calling him a bad player or just not a bad fit but he did say that having lma out allows his team to play faster without having to worry about a post player a post presence that they got to take care of he did say that he missed uh, LMA, but they had no choice, Joe, to run up and down the court, increase that pace, get the ball movement going, get it up and down the court. 
and it's paying dividends, at least through two regular season games. And look at Rudy Gay. He had, what, 19 points against the Kings and 12 points uh, against uh, the Grizzlies. You know, he's been very effective off the bench. Joe, you know, you know, probably this is a conversation for another show, but, you know, a, a run-and-gun Spurs with this current makeup of the roster is better than Maybe then a guy in the in the paint that has to plot and plot and move and slow down the offense. Yeah, I've heard a lot about about that kind of talk uh, yeah. on Spurs Twitter <laughs> and on social media in general. Uh, I'm also part of some some other chat rooms and stuff that you you know that you find on Reddit and Discord and all that. And, and the the conversations always. I think the team plays better without Lamarcus. You know so. It it looks like they're playing better right now. I'm, I'm I have to admit, but at the end of the day, you still need his presence as well if you wanted to, let's say, make a viable run deep into the playoffs, or even if the team makes the playoffs. You know, we we don't know if they are or they're not. But if you had Lamarcus out there, I, I believe that it would make the team a little bit better as far as the interior goes, because we have seen at times that the Spurs do have issues with big men that are young and athletic. Uh, and I think LaMarcus, he can become an issue at times for the opposing team's defense, which helps the Spurs, uh, you know, as far as them getting a little bit more open. And, and also when LaMarcus kind of steps back and starts shooting threes, he opens things up for the team as well. And that's something that you're not getting out of one Yaka Portal. Yaka Portal's not a three-point shooter. Uh, he's more of an interior uh, scorer. He doesn't have a really good mid-range jumper to speak of. Uh, so all his points are going to come point blank at the basket in transition. Uh, you know, either he's going to have a floater or finger roll, layup, a dunk. Those types of uh, situations is where Jakob is going to score. But I think the veteran leadership and also the savvy of one LaMarcus Aldridge could help the Spurs, you know, make a run for the playoffs. And like I said, if they get there, I believe that he could help them get a little bit further along uh, than just the first round. But we'll just see what happens. You know, I'm I'm in like everybody else right now, Jeff. I'm just going to enjoy the ride for all it's worth. I love seeing this young team go out there and play basketball every night, whether they win or whether they lose. Yeah. You tip your cap to DeJounte Murray, you know, double-double versus the Grizzlies, uh, knocking down his shot too. Uh, finally, it looks like it's starting to go down a little bit more often than not going in. So that's good to see. Out of DeJounte, there's just been so many positives that we, you and I can just go on and on on this show right now about, um, you know, every aspect of the Spurs on a two-game winning streak. And, Joe, maybe you extend it out a little long, longer. It's actually a three-game winning streak because they beat the Mavericks before the break. The yeah. hiatus. So, yeah, it's, it's technically a three-game winning streak right now the Spurs are riding. But uh, for bubble purposes, they're 2-0 and at the NBA bubble. But, yeah, you know, the Spurs looking good. You mentioned about LMA, and yeah, I heard it too. Couldn't avoid it because Rudy Gay brought it up during our, our uh, post-game uh, chat. But you look at what the Spurs have right now. Eubanks, you know, he's he's muscle. You know, he's an enforcer type. You know, a banger. But he doesn't have a mid-range shot at all. You know, when he doesn't have a three-point shot. Uh, at least we've seen in a game. He doesn't in practice, but you got to see in game. Same thing with Tyler Zeller, you know, barely got any run. Pirtle, he's solid, good player. I like him on the squad, but he's not LaMarcus Aldridge. So there will be a situation, Joe, down the road where Spurs fans will say, you know what, if we had a legit big man, this could have worked in this game. 
that would happen. But nevertheless, hey, good things right now from Orlando for your San Antonio Spurs. But when we get back, can the Spurs extend this two-game winning streak, bubble two-game winning streak, uh, against a very tough 76ers squad? We're going to look at tonight's game. But before we do that, look, it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze and with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or uh, shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-finding compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. Now, what I need you to do right now, and to make it even easier, uh, to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. We are back, and I'm joined by Two Shots Podcast, Joe Garcia. And Joe, I, you know, I keep forgetting you have a brand new show. Tell everybody about this a brand new show you got going. I think it's called Friday Night Lights or something like that. The Friday Night Takeover. The Friday Night yeah. Takeover. It occurs every Friday night from 6 to 8 p.m. And what we do is we cover all the local sports uh, that are occurring here in our own backyard in our beautiful city of San Antonio. Make sure you go and follow us on Twitter at BoodleSportsSA. We greatly appreciate the support as I believe we're going to be on our seventh or eighth show uh, this coming Friday. So, again, go ahead and uh, give us a follow and a like and tune in if you can. Yeah, uh, go check it out again if you want something a little different than Spurs uh, chat. Go to Joe's new show where you get a little bit of everything in San Antonio. Joe, let's go ahead and discuss tonight's game. Spurs Sixers look is the first back to back the Spurs have had in quite some time. You know, kind of went down the wire versus Memphis. They got the win, but Joe, you you really can't use. Uh, they need a rest because they've had four months of rest, and they got a bunch of young kids. So I'm not going to give them that excuse. Uh, you know, they got to go out there and get. They got to get the win. Look. They're in cruise control right now. They're sitting, at least currently, in the ninth spot. They got to win out. You know, it, it pains me to say this, but I think one loss, you know, could hurt them if the Blazers get going or, or if Memphis gets uh, going or even the Kings get out of their little mini slump. My point is they can they have a chance to control their destiny, force the play-in tournament, or get the eight seed outright. But they got to take care of the 76ers. Joe, when you look at the 76ers tonight, what are, what is your key for a Spurs win? They're just going to have to play great overall team defense. You know, one of the things that the San Antonio Spurs have been lacking almost all season has been getting back on transition defense. And that's one of the things that we've seen with the NBA restart, uh, specifically uh, against even the Memphis Grizzlies. It seems at times that the Spurs uh, – they're just, I don't know, it like might be a step slow or 
I don't know what it is, but they're just slow on getting back on transition defense. And when they don't get back in transition transition defense, they tend to give up easy buckets going the other way, uh, easy layups, alley oops, slam dunks. Um, you know, and you don't want to do that, especially in close game situations. So they're going to have to play great overall team defense, get back in transi- transition defense in order to stop this young and gun Philadelphia 76ers team because they are young, they're long, and they're athletic. And I actually believe that some of that length uh, is going to have, uh, I don't know, I think it's going to be matchup issues really at the end of the day for the San Antonio Spurs. But much like the Spurs, the Philadelphia 76ers are also uh, not very consistent. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, to say the least, Jeff. Yeah, we're, I think the Spurs are finally going to get tested. No no knock on Sacramento or Memphis, but I think this is going to be their first true test out in Orlando. And I think, in my opinion, Joe, this is the beginning of their rough uh, start of their schedule because now you got Philadelphia, and then you're going to have you know, the Rockets uh, who beat the Bucks. Uh, uh, yesterday, then you're going to have the Jazz twice again under the size issues there, and you're going to have the Pelicans as well. But my my point is is that you know the guy guy called Joel Embiid in the middle, and you look. Yeah, I'm hoping Jakob can you know take on that test, but that could be an issue for the Spurs. They're, they're going to face their first legit big man in this bubble slate, and Joel Embiid could pose a problem. Look. You look at Tyler Jenkins, what he had to say uh, pregame versus the Spurs, that being the head coach of the Grizzlies, and he said that he's aware that the Spurs are lacking in the middle and they were going to attack the Spurs in the paint, and they outscored the Spurs in the paint uh, in their loss. What you know, what the Spurs had, though, was the fact they hit more three-pointers, so that was kind of the great equalizer. But the, the Sixers have both. They have an inside presence and they have an outside presence. Look, Joe, you look at their scrimmage games – the 76ers weren't led by Embiid or Simmons. They were led by Tobias Harris with 17 points per game in the three scrimmage games. You're looking at who was their best rebounder. It wasn't Joel Embiid. It was actually Ben Simmons at 9.0 rebounds per game per scrimmage games. Overall, Joe, I think this is going to be a really true test. But, yeah, you know, the sexy picks are Joel Embiid and, and, and Ben Simmons. But I think it's those peripheral players that could uh, pose some issues for the Spurs. Uh, the rookie, Matisse Thibel. You know, he could present a problem for the Spurs' uh, backcourt. He leads all NBA rookies with 80 steals. So, uh, Joe, do you think this will be the first true test the Spurs will have out in the bubble? I don't think it's going to be one of the first true tests, but I think it's going to be another test for them. You know, let's let's be realistic here. What's going on is that you have eight games <laughs> that you're going to play in the NBA bubble. And... Every team is desperate right now. Every team is going to play like if it was a playoff game. You know, I think we've seen every team play at a high intensity level uh, against the San Antonio Spurs because everybody's vying for that that play in. You know, they you got to play, you got to win to to have a chance at you know getting into the playoffs. And I think every single team out there is always fighting for something. So no team is just going to lay down and let the Spurs just blow them out. They're going to have to work for it. But yes, I think uh, from as far as the Spurs being tested from a not only a defensive standpoint, but also at the guard play, I think it's going to be a real testament to see what this team is made of. You know, let's see how well they can play on a back-to-back. You know, not specifically the vets. I'm talking about the younger players. While their bodies will be ready, let's see if mentally they can go ahead and overcome the, the grind that goes along with it. You know, um, 
the inexperienced at times, you know, it, it can it can play either way, you know. So it's going to be very interesting to me to see how the young unit, specifically Jeff, is going to respond uh, to the adversity that they're going to face in the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the, the 76ers and the Spurs already met once this season. That was a 115-104 win for the Philadelphia team. Uh, that was early in the NBA season back in November. So uh, they're already up 1-0 on the Spurs. So they got that going for them. You you look at the 76ers team, and again, they got players. We know that. They're, they tend, they look deep, but they really haven't, I guess, lived up to expectations, Joe. They're 39-27 and 27, uh, at this mark right now. I thought they'd be better, Joe. You know, you, you, on paper, Joe, they look scary. You know, Harris, Simmons, Embiid, you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not that they're not beatable. They, they can – it can be a little boneheaded at times. And you hope that the Spurs catch them on a boneheaded night because, man, my God, if they can get a win over the 76ers, that would really boost the confidence of this very young team, Joe. It's one of these things, you know, like you just – uh you just never know what's going to happen. You know, what team is going to show up? And I think and what it, are you going to get? You going to get, yeah. you know, get or not going to bring it. Yeah. Yeah. You just never know from night to night. And I think that's probably one of the exciting things and also one of the things that you got to be cautious about because you could have a night where everybody on the Sixers is just clicking. Yeah. You know, everybody's hitting every bucket you know and and the spurs just can't buy one or you're just gonna have the night where you know for whatever reason this you know the 76ers are just might not be feeling it and the spurs go on a tear you know you just never know i mean yes it's exciting to watch out there but there's also those intangibles those things that you just can't factor in and i think that's one of them the consistency you know we just can't really bet on it from night to night because we know what we've seen throughout the regular season, but this is kind of a restart, Jeff. So I'm, I'm thinking that the momentum that the Spurs have had in, you know, the scrimmage games now coming into the, you know, the NBA restart and them having this two game winning streak going on with them. I just think these are good things for the Spurs. And I think what's going to happen is I think the Spurs are really going to find a way if they can't win, if they're going to find a way to still go out there and compete. So that's one of the things that I'm going to be looking for. But whether or not the the Philadelphia team will show up or not, that's yet to be determined. You Like you said, you never know what you're going to get with these the, with this Philadelphia 76ers team. Yeah, you really don't look. Some injury report, you know, Mike Scott, uh, the uh, player for the 76ers, he will not be playing today. So, hey, that'll help. And, uh, you know, for the Spurs injury side, I uh, do not know yet as of this recording – in the game versus Memphis, Bellinelli was listed as out and Brent Forge was listed as out. So we shall see what happens with that. But, you know, overall, Joe, this 76ers team is a very big team. You look at Alex Burke listed at 6'6", Joel Embiid, 6'11", Tobias Harris, 6'7 and a half, Al Horford, 6'9", Corkma, 6'7". You where I'm going with this. Ben Simmons, 6'9 and a half. This is a very big team joe and I, I think that size of philadelphia and the length of philadelphia may be an issue for the spurs joe your thoughts yeah like i had mentioned before i think that length and the athleticism of the philadelphia 76ers could be a matchup issue 
for the San Antonio Spurs because the San Antonio Spurs, let's face it, Jeff, they're just a smaller team. You know, they don't have a lot of big men, you know, on the team. You do have a Yaka Portal, you know, you do have a Drew Eubanks, but compared to the length that you see across the board on the court at any given time with the Philadelphia 76ers, that's something that the Spurs can't really match up well against. Uh, but they have speed and they have athleticism and they have a decent mid-range shooters on their side. So we'll have to see if the Spurs can find a way to, you know, overcome that and play to their strengths. I think that's one of the main things that we've seen uh, from the from this team, you know, since they've been at the bubble is that they're starting to play more to their strengths. And when they do that, they can be effective on both ends of the of the ball, you know, but. I don't know, Jeff. We'll just have to see what happens against the the Philadelphia 76ers. But if it's anything like we saw against the Memphis Grizzlies, this young team is capable of winning uh, close games, especially in that fourth quarter. They found a way to win. Yeah, if you're looking you're looking at this uh, this matchup, you know, people are probably going to pick. Well, you know, it's you know the Spurs uh, backcourt, but I really want to see how the Spurs frontcourt deals with Embiid and. You know, Al Horford, if he gets any burn out there, I really want to see Pirtle go up against that guy. You know, Drew Eubanks getting a test against some quality bigs. Um, you know, if they throw out Tyler Zeller, so be it. You, you know, I think that's where he's going to come out to, at the end of the day, that that in the paint uh, game. You hope the Spurs' uh, outside shot is falling. You've seen a lot of problems from White and Murray. You know, Mills barely got some run, so he really kind of got into any type of rhythm uh, offensively but we shall see joe at the end of the day joe how do you see this game uh shaking out i don't like to make predictions jeff because you know every time i make a prediction it doesn't happen so so then predict that the spurs will lose then that's that's exactly what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna predict this the philadelphia 76ers are gonna take this game in a landslide i'm just saying that so the spurs will win (laughs) <laughs> good, good, good with me joe whatever it takes for the spurs uh to get a w i, I think the spurs suffer their first loss of the bubble season uh, I, I think philadelphia is just too big and uh they they got and again you know they're, they're coming in healthier than the spurs this is where a guy like lamarcus aldridge could have helped at least i would have given uh joel and beat some 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 to think about but in the day i think philadelphia just gonna prove a little bit too much for the San Antonio Spurs, and they get the L. Hopefully I am wrong. But when we get back, Joe and I are going to put a wrap on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com, a family-owned business uh, serving uh, the online community for 20 years. You want to go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why are you going to go spend up to twice as much for the same part? You can just go visit rockauto.com. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, even carpet. You want to go to rockauto.com for everything under the sun when it comes to your car or truck. So you want to go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available and when you do, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the par- car parts you will ever need, rockauto.com. We are back, and I'm joined by Joe Garcia. 
He's the host of Two Shots Podcast, and he's doing so many other things out in the internet world, Joe, that I, I think I think you need to take another vacation. Seriously, Joe, how do you do it? I don't know, man. I just like to keep busy, you know? And I, and I love exactly. sports, you know? I love sports. I love covering the Spurs. I've been doing it for quite some time. And, you know, I just love local sports here in San Antonio as well. So that's just kind of the, you know, thing I like doing uh, with some of my good friends, such as you, Jeff. So it's fun. You know, it's fun talking Spurs and sports with everybody. By the way, there, there's actually a lost episode that J- Joe and I did recently where I was going to be on his show. And yeah. we've got a, a different service provider who will go n- n- not named. And then Joe sends me the messages that, oh, my God, the episode is lost. The audio came out bad. So maybe one day Joe will have some fun with that and release the messed up episode that we did. Hey, Joe, do you like giving away prizes? Of course I do. All right. So apparently the last episode of Lockdown Spurs that I did last week with Casey Vieira, uh, apparently nobody listened to the show. And how do I know that? Because I was giving away a sleeve, like this long sleeve box of Hot Wheels, and nobody claimed it. Not one. Wow. Uh, the first round we had the giveaway, somebody did listen through it and they heard it and they won the prize. And I think you saw the video, Joe, of the little boy opening up the uh, gift and seeing all the Hot Wheels that I sent him. Yeah. So we're going to try this one more time, Joe. So here we go. If you would like to win, if you're a Hot Wheels collector, just a collector in general, you like those kind of knick-knack things, then you can win a sleeve. I'm talking about this. It's like a long sleeve of Hot Wheels still fresh in the box. They're called the, the laser runners. I think that's the name. They're kind of like see-through. You can see the engine. Uh, so if you want them to add to your collection or you just want to win something for free, it's real simple what you have to do. You've got to follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. When you do or if you do, then good. And then tell me something that I said during this episode or that Joe said during the episode. And then show me that you subscribe to Locked on Spurs. You know, just screenshot. Hey, look, I subscribe to you on iTunes or I subscribe to you on Google Play or Stitcher, something like that. And then you're set. And then I send you free Hot Wheels. So hopefully, Joe, somebody is at this point of the episode listening in. And no, Joe, you cannot you cannot win it. So sorry, Joe. Oh, man, I was I was going to maybe I can go in as an anonymous uh, name and then I can still you win it. The burner account. I'll, I'll use the Jeff Garcia burner account. <laughs> okay. If you want to win a prize, nobody claimed it last week. Uh, you now know what to do, Joe. Uh, you, you know any final thoughts on the Spurs and and your your takeaway in their last two games, which were W's for them? I just liked everything I saw. You know, as far as the energy, the effort, it's there. You know, this this team is is just starting to grow right before our eyes. And I like everything I'm seeing. And like I stated, whether they win or whether they lose, they don't make the playoffs. I'm just going to have fun watching this young core get that much needed minutes out there on the court. I mean, I can't tell you, Jeff, how many times I get irritated and frustrated when I see Marco Beninelli getting 15 minutes, 20 minutes a night. No, I'd rather see the younger core out there get those minutes and get that experience uh, out on the court. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the development. All right, Joe, and how can people talk to you about your thoughts uh, today on this episode of Locked on Spurs? They can reach me on social media on Twitter at Two Shots Podcast, all spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S Podcast. And also, you can also talk local sports with us 
if you go and follow us on Twitter at the Friday Night Takeover, which is at Puro Sports SA. Simple as that. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. And again, if you're listening, you know, you now know how to win a free sleeve. It's the best way to describe it, Joe. It's like just a long rectangle box and they're just stuck with uh, Hot Wheels. So now you know how to do it. Now you know how to follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Let me know what you think about the Spurs in their first two games. And what do you think about tonight's contest versus Philadelphia? You see a win for the Spurs or not? And also subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you find your favorite podcast. And go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. So for Joe Garcia, who's not allowed to enter this contest, I am Jeff Garcia, and we're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs.